Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation, First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. And before we bring in our great co-host, Sam Gordon, I just want to let everybody know that Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Without further ado, boy, it's been a busy first couple of days of quote-unquote free agency. Uh, The legal uh, tampering period started on Monday. We all know that that's when free agency actually starts, so don't get it all twisted. Uh, But the Raiders have been putting some work in. Not a lot of flashy big names. Um, I think we all kind of knew that that was going to be the situation in terms of the holes that they had to fill, how much money they actually had to spend, uh, and the importance of being able to kind of prudently spread that around. Some surprises, obviously. A big name gets traded, uh, and we're here to talk about all of it. Um, and uh, Sam Gordon, how are you doing, my friend, uh, on on the, uh, the day after <laughs> Darren Waller <laughs> was officially traded by the Raiders? Oh man, Vinny, what a whirlwind week! Um, I mean, big, big, big transactions with with the Jimmy the Jimmy Garoppolo signing, um, soon to be official on Monday, and then of course the Darren Waller trade on Tuesday. So first and foremost, uh, great to be back on the show with you. Great job covering everything ReviewJournal.com, VegasNation.com, staying on top of um, what the Raiders are doing. But it's been a whirlwind, kind of a whirlwind of a week, and and. Uh, the the roster. I mean, just kind of think about how it looked, Vinny. The first thing that comes to mind for me is how it looked, you know, 14 months ago when when Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler took over. It's a drastically different look and feel to it, right? Two of the faces of the franchise, uh, Darren Waller and Derek Carr now gone. Uh, in comes Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, just a, a lot going on with the Raiders um, this week and uh, kind of, you know, curious to see now that it feels like the dust has settled in terms of the big, big name transactions that, that, that I think draw a lot of attention. Now curious to see how they go about building out the nuts and bolts of this roster. Not just now, because we know it's not just about the free agency period, uh, but in the next six weeks with the draft capital that that they have as well. Yeah, which grew by uh, one uh, to a total of of, of 12 uh, right now um, with the uh, trade of Darren Waller, which uh, netted them a uh, third uh, round pick. And I want to kind of start there. Um, you know, on that, I know a lot of people on social media are, are uh, blowing a lid over this, and I understand it. I get the frustration, the frustration, but the emotion behind it is Darren Waller. He's been, you know, one of the great players for this franchise for the last, you know, uh, few years or so. Uh, but I, you know, it, we as reporters, uh, our job is to you know get to the nuts and bolts of the why and what was the thought process, you know, and um, and uh, in terms of whether it will work or not. You know, uh, not trying to to be evasive from my uh, vantage point as as a reporter, but we're really not going to know that until we figure out who they draft uh, in the third round or how they utilize that draft pick. Um, you know, and 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 how Jacoby Myers <clears throat> is going to look, you know, on on the football field uh, this year for the Raiders. Whether it was a net positive uh, for the Raiders, but if you're talking about thought process, Sam, um, it's pretty. Uh, it's 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 cut and dry for the Raiders. They looked at Darren Waller as a 31 year old tight end who they basically had under control uh, realistically for one more year uh, after signing that extension. The guarantees were running out on the deal after after next year. Uh, it was probably going to have to be some kind of a 
we're going to have to renegotiate the the salary that you're now owed in 2025 or 2024 down or just release them or cut them or trade them at that point. Um, it was it was something that they were going to uh, uh, imminently move on from sooner rather than later. So they realistically had control of him one more year. Uh, from the Raiders' perspective, bringing in Jacoby Myers, I know it's a different position, Sam, um, but we're talking about the production of it all, and that's how the Raiders are looking. How do you replace the production of Darren Waller? Um, you know, what's one way that you could do that? You bring in a Jacoby Myers who's 27 years old, who's now on a three-year contract, so they have him under control for three years. It'll look a lot different, obviously. He's not a tight end. He's more of a slot wide receiver. Uh, but they feel like they can, you know, get that part of it figured out schematically and all that. Um, and then the third round pick is a player. It's a, it's somebody that they're going to eventually draft that they'll, that they'll have under control for the next four years. So as opposed to a 31 year old uh, tight end who also, and this is a big part of it, uh, uh, Sam, he's had trouble staying on the field, going all the way back to Thanksgiving of last of 2021. It's when he got hurt against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he barely played the rest of that season. Uh, and then obviously we know that last year was a, a real um, challenge for him getting on the field. So you have to look at that. And I know there's recency bias uh, on that, but but from the Raiders' perspective, they, they took that into account. Um, and, and, and no fault necessarily of, of Darren Waller's, but they saw a world that existed without Darren Waller last year. You know, they were able to still score points and be the 12th you know, leading uh, offense in the NFL uh, without him, basically. So that gave them the comfort level that they can live without him, maybe get younger and have more, you know, a couple of younger players under control uh, moving forward. Yeah, definitely, Vinny. Um, before I get to kind of the, you know, the, the forward thinking part on the trade, do want to touch a little bit on, on Darren Waller and, and kind of like you said, the emotional part of it for fans as well. I mean, he he is was one of the faces of the franchise, a guy that was more or less a homegrown player that was, you know, kind of found, discovered by John Gruden's staff and who, who developed into one of the best tight ends uh, in the NFL. And then, of course, the, the, you know, his journey to sobriety, something that he was very transparent, very open, very candid about, uh, I think was super inspirational um, to a lot of people. So there was definitely a, a strong connection, and um, and he's done well. You know, securing one, the contract, being one of the highest-paid tight ends in the NFL, it's a remarkable story about a guy with a supreme talent that was able to figure it out here in, with, within the Raiders' infrastructure. And, and now, um, so from that standpoint, it's totally under I, – I completely get – um, where the fan base is coming from. You're football fans. You develop an attachment to, to these players. And kind of like I touched on when, when we started, Vinny, like Derek Carr, Darren Waller, two guys that fans really developed an emotional connection with, for better or for worse. You know, we know about the lack of success. But nonetheless, Raider fans, as passionate as they are, support their team, uh, even when even amidst the losses these last, you know, 20 or so years. So from that standpoint, um, I totally understand it. But I think from a getting back to the football piece of it, uh, from the Raiders' perspective, um, you kind of touched on it. I mean, the biggest thing that that I look at is the availability piece, Vinny, is, is what you kind of touched on. We're a couple years. We've seen it in bits and pieces in 2021 and in 2022. We've seen glimpses of it, but we haven't. It's been a while since we we've, we've seen in full that dominant, you know, mid walking mismatch every single week, every single snap, every single play. Right? It's been since since 2020. I mean, he hasn't had a thousand yards since 2020. So you understand what Darren Waller can be when he is healthy and when he is available. But like you said, going into his age 31 season, it feels like just the change of scenery, I think is best 
at this point for both sides. I also think it it, it just it, it it never really seemed like it quite clicked. Uh, part of that I think was because of the, you know Darren Waller's availability and obviously the timing of this trade. I think is also something that re- resonates with the fans a couple weeks uh, after the wedding. But now Darren Waller, from the Giants' perspective. You get him right with Brian Dable. He's we know what he can do when he's healthy. And, and and from the Raiders' perspective, you clear out some of that calorie salary cap space, or as you eloquently put it, you kind of reallocate that to Jacoby Myers, uh, and you add a draft pick as well. And you know, at, at this stage, Vinny, and we've talked about this on the last few podcasts. Um, when you're when you're at where you're at on defense, and, and again, there's a couple holes on offense as well. I don't I don't expect them to just draft all defensive players, even though you get the sense that they're going to be defense defense heavy. But it's another it's another opportunity to draft somebody both long term that you can develop, maybe a day one starter or some depth. And where the Raiders are at right now, overall, they they need like I, I don't want to sneeze at that draft pick. I, I think a third round pick matters. Um, so yeah, it, it, I get where the I, you you see both sides of it. You see the Raiders evaluating with where they're at as a football team and, and what they think is best and, and not just this season, but beyond. And, and you see where the fan base is coming from. So it, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see how it looks offensively because we know Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, has done well with tight ends in the past, specifically George Kittle. So how, how will they adjust kind of the scheme and what are they going to do at that tight end uh, position moving forward? But, but yeah, as of today, as of yesterday, the Darren Waller uh, Raiders era is officially over and, and certainly a, a unique one and a memorable one it was. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, all the best to Darren Waller. He was one of a, uh, you know, uh, somebody that I, that I enjoyed, you know, talking to and conversing with and, and, and dealing with. Uh, and, you know, obviously such an inspiring uh, story and he will continue to inspire people. He'll just be doing it on the, uh, on the other coast and, and, and we wish him well without, without question. Um, you know, uh, but backing up now, the obviously uh, even Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, uh, they need somebody to throw them the ball. And the Raiders secured that pretty quickly uh, with the not so surprising um, acquisition signing uh, of Jimmy Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, I think that this one was we could we could see this thing on the on the writing, uh, the writing on the wall for quite some time. And just to back it up, you know, even. Um, you know, I'll go back to honestly the day that uh, uh, Derek Carr got got released. You know, um, you know, and doing my reporting uh, and, and tapping into my sources. Um, look, here's what here's what I was told. Uh, it, you know, moving on from Derek Carr wasn't necessarily about who his um, uh, replacement was going to be because they really couldn't tell who their replace the replacement is going to be, and even that replacement. Um, Sam was going to be multi-layered because there was, there was going to be a short-term component to it and a long-term component to it. The short-term component to it, um, uh, as it was articulated to me, um, really came down to two players. One was Tom Brady, who was a potentially pending free agent. But even at the time, and you know, this goes back to the whole, that plan blew up in their face. It didn't because the Raiders were well aware. And I'm talking about the day that they, that they, um, you know, benched Derek Carr all the way back in December. They understood that there were obstacles with Derek, with, uh, with, with, with Tom Brady. Is he going to be around? Is he going to want to move his family to Las Vegas? Will he still play? You know, is he going to retire? Is he going to stay in Tampa Bay? A bunch of different things um, could have impeded that move. So, and for those reasons, the Raiders never said, that's our guy, do or die. You know, uh, it was, okay, if he's available, absolutely, we're going to be interested in him uh, on a very short-term, economically, uh, um, you know, responsible contract. Obviously, that fell by the wayside. Next up, 
even at the time, back in, in December, was Jimmy Garoppolo. They knew that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be um, available, right, at some point, uh, because he was going to be a free agent, right? So, so they knew that there was going to be access to Jimmy G. Even in that case, though, there were obviously stipulations. What was his market going to look like? Uh, how much was he going to ask for? Was he interested in coming and play uh, for the Raiders? I think they, they, they had a pretty good feeling that, that he would if the numbers were right. But the numbers had to be right also for, for the Raiders. So that was under consideration. And I think the third choice for the short term, um, definitive short term, was bring back Jared Stidham and just let him be the starter for 2024 or 2023. So those were really the plans, all right? And once Tom, you know, uh, uh, moved on, then Jimmy G uh, became uh, the top choice. And they were able to come to a deal pretty quickly. There wasn't a huge market for him. I I knew that they weren't going to overspend for him. And we see the contract, uh, $22.5 million for the next couple of years, not uh, you know, uh, a, a pretty good deal for the team, um, you know, uh, in, in that sense. And they could walk away from him uh, after this year if they draft some money and like that person, that quarterback enough to, to start him in 2024, uh, they could walk away from, from Jimmy G having paid him about $34 million. Let's just say, let's just put it rounded out to that number. So, so there's a lot of flexibility there. And of course in two years, they can move on from him uh, as well. So um, that was what the plan was. And they were able to, thankfully the, the jets got tied in on Aaron Rodgers, and we're kind of hearing now that that's who Aaron Rodgers wants to eventually play for. And the Carolina Panthers moved up uh, in the draft. That kind of took them out of consideration. So it ultimately came down to the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback, obviously. It ultimately came down to the Raiders and the Houston Texans. And Jimmy G said, I'm going to take the, the the offer from from the Raiders. First and foremost, your thoughts on that? Yeah, Vinny. First, um, great timeline. Uh, great timeline of kind of the events that got Jimmy Garoppolo to Las Vegas. Uh I, I like the I like the signing and I wrote about it for VegasNation.com. Um, but when when you take a look at Jimmy Garoppolo, I think first and foremost, um, we've we've kind of discussed the possibility on, on previous couple podcasts. One kind of caveat is at the right number. And depending on what the market says at the right value, I think they nailed the value piece of it. It's 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 a relatively team in today's market. This is a team friendly contract. This is a I think good contract for a quarterback, again, who's forty and seventeen as a starter. And I I I know you know, I know he hasn't won the big one, and I know, like, I, I get the knocks. He's not healthy. You know, he missed the throw against against Kansas City uh, in the Super Bowl. He's a byproduct of a system. Like, whatever. Just to say what you want to, the guy's 40-17 and 17 as a starter. He's won a lot of football games. He's been in a great culture um, for quite some time, both in San Francisco and then before that in New England. And I think there's merit to bringing in a guy who has experience winning games, who is universally regarded, you you read anything or hear anything, universally regarded as one of the best leaders and, and, and easiest guys to get along with at the NFL for a team that is trying to establish an identity here with a new regime and, and still trying to develop a foothold in Vegas. He gives you an opportunity, Vinny, to com- com- compete, I think, compete at a certain level, right? I'm not, this isn't a Super Bowl team. Let's not kid ourselves. We're not, I'm not going to suggest that. But Jimmy Garoppolo with playmakers on the perimeter – like he can, he's a distributor of the football. That's what he does. He's accurate 67, 68% of his passes, um, completion near 100 quarterback rating. Uh, this is a guy that can play, that can distribute the football. And then when he's surrounded by talent and protected, uh, he can win you football games. Again, I know the concerns, not quite the deep thrower Derek Carr is. 
and the durability, of course, an issue. But you think he'd be supported here, depending on what happens with the Josh Jacobs, um, who was franchise tagged. He's going to be supported by a running game, by the, the NFL's uh, rushing leader, reigning rushing champion. And you have Devontae Adams on the perimeter. Uh, he's worked well with superstar perimeter players in the past. And the leadership, the willingness to mentor, the maturity, we've seen him in all kinds of situations uh, for, for a quarterback, and he's been nothing but a pro about it. So I think that's super, super key at the quarterback position and getting him at an affordable number, I think keeps you afloat while preserving flexibility with salary cap this spring and preserving draft capital, which is ultimately the most important thing in building out a deep, talented roster. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, I, I feel like even with the trade of Darren Waller, remember, let's think about this for a second. The Raiders scored the 12th most, point, most points in the NFL last year, essentially without Darren Waller. He was barely out there. And for that matter, um, you know, barely out there with, with Hunter Renfro. The hope now is that Hunter Renfro uh, stays healthy uh, this year. And then he and uh, um, Jacoby Myers, who's also a slot receiver, the way it's kind of been explained to me, I'm just reporting what, 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 you know, what the thought process with that is, because I immediately thought, okay, um, when that move came down the pike, I'm thinking, all right, Hunter, Hunter Renfro uh, could be on the black. No, as it turns out, the Raiders, kind of envision the Jacoby Myers um, uh, Hunter Renfro tandem a little bit like what they had in New England with Danny Amendola and um, and and, and um, Edelman Julian Edelman so it's it's something that they feel they feel like they understand how that can work how that component can work with the, with a couple of slot receivers and of course you still have Devonte Adams they'll figure out tight end could bring back uh, Hunter Renfro or excuse me uh, uh, Foster Moreau uh, it's a deep draft for tight ends uh, as well but um, you know, so so when you when you think about it from that perspective, you put Jimmy G in here now. This offense still has a chance to be pretty darn good, competitive, I would say, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just based on what happened last year, and it's it's interesting seeing some of the reaction about Jimmy G. You know, it's it's like if you're not a Super Bowl court or like I like like if you're not Patrick Mahomes or the a top five level, then you're terrible. I, I, I'm totally with with you, Vinny. Has any quarterback ever taken more backlash for winning games? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. All the guys done is win games. Period. Right. Like, like regard, like qualify it however you want to. He is the starting quarterback. Has been throughout the course of. <coughs> uh, my bad, Larry. Here we Sam's go. Sam's getting all cut, cut <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, uh, Say what you want, qualify it however you want to about the supporting cast he's had around him. Jimmy Garoppolo has been the starting quarterback on teams that have won a lot. And again, Vinny, I think beyond just the what he brings with his accuracy, with his experience, um, with, with what he's able to do as a passer, there's a real intangible quality to him and a real kind of steady the ship uh, quality to to that I think is gonna, going to be valuable in a locker room that is undergoing in real time a lot of change and 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 for a front office and coaching staff um, that are making a lot of changes. I think having his voice in the locker room is going to matter. It's mattered everywhere he's been. It's mattered in San Francisco with how he handled the last few seasons. And I expect it to play a, a part 
um, with the Raiders this year as well. I think there's an intangible quality beyond what you get, and that's a quarterback that's won a lot of football games. Yeah, and uh, good friend uh, Marcellus Wiley from my days back in Los Angeles, um, you know, uh, went to social media with a little bit of a video talking about why he thinks that Jimmy G is actually an upgrade uh, over Derek Carr. And, and the way he sort of described it is uh, it's a sum – equals you know exceeds the parts like if you if you were to you know uh, think about it from a purely quarterback talent standpoint maybe on some levels Derek Carr you know um, just just looks a little bit better as ter- in terms of a quarterback but there's something about Jimmy G uh, that that resonates with his teammates with his yep. teams um, yep. and and certainly correlates with winning and I get it you know um, you, like you said he's had a lot of help with the San Francisco 49ers but Look, up until last year when Mac Purdy got 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 plugged in, the record with um, the, the 49ers record with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, out there on the field compared to when he wasn't on the field was night and day. Like they were a losing team, a decidedly losing team compared to a decidedly winning team when Jimmy G was out there. So that kind of flies in the face of, well, the 49ers could put anyone else out there and still win. No, actually, that wasn't the case up until this year when Purdy had a little bit of magic and, and credit him because he's, he looks like a good young quarterback. Uh, you have to still be a good quarterback, even with all that kind of help, uh, to win. And you know where we saw that? In the yeah. NFC Championship game. Yep. <laughs> when they had to go to – and nothing against, you know, who was it, Johnson? I forget what his first name is. Um, but nothing against the quarterback that they ended up having to go to. But when it, when it got to that point, it, the, the, everything, all the wheels fell, uh, fell off. So don't sit here and tell me that Jimmy G is only a, a, a product of the system because he played his role in that system looking really good and winning a lot of games. Will that translate to the, to the Raiders? I don't know because they've got a lot that they got to figure out. On defense, but I do think that with Jimmy G um, on this ro- on the on this offensive roster, this offense can do can play competitive football. I'm a hundred and I'm hundred and ten percent with you, Vinny, and I'm not going to hold it against Jimmy Garoppolo that he had good teammates in San right. Francisco. Like, isn't that the point? Have yeah. as many good teammates as possible. Like, he played with some great teammates, and there was a lot of love and mutual respect there. And again, the quotes, uh, the press conferences, that's all there. Like for for people to see about how well-respected he is and how 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 much he's revered and re- admired by his teammates. And this and football, at the end of the day, is a team sport and teamwork matters. It just does. So I think from that standpoint alone, um, he brings a lot to the table. And then again, a very accurate quarterback, especially short to intermediate, and he's going to have help. He's going to have help on the perimeter. Um, and, and the onus is, you know, on the, on the coaching staff who has a complete understanding of who Jimmy Garoppolo is having that jo- being that Josh McDaniels worked with him in new England to scheme to his strengths. And, and there's familiarity, familiarity with the system, familiarity with strengths and weaknesses. So I'm with you. I think they can be, they can play, um, competitive offensive football with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. I, I think, I'm, I'm, I think he's been a top, you know, kind of, kind of like, I think around the same ilk and tier as, as Derek Carr. And, and like you said, maybe Carr a little bit more mobile and a stronger arm, but there's a lot of things that Jimmy Garoppolo does really well. And he's been in big spots as the, the playoff stats might be what they are. I mean, they're not super glamorous. I'm not necessarily saying that they are, but he's been, he was asked to deliver a drive on the road in the cold in Lambeau field. Right. The last time we saw him or one of the last times we saw him in the postseason and he was able to do that against Aaron Rodgers on the road and lead San Francisco to a victory. So he's had his moments in the postseason uh, and he's one of the more winning quarterbacks in the NFL. who's won a lot. And again, I, we know win loss isn't just a quarterback stat, but 
it's it's not a coincidence. I just I think I don't think it's by accident that he was able to steer that team to a lot of victories. A lot of guys play with a lot of talent and can't quite do what he does. And he's coming to a spot where he's going to have complimentary playmakers around him and the opportunity to lead an offense down the field. Right. Uh, a couple of other uh, offensive moves that the Raiders made, uh, in addition to uh, to Jacoby Myers, they brought back Jakob Johnson, the fullback. Uh, that was kind of a rubber stamp move. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, he brings a lot to that run game, uh, and I'm sure jo- Josh Jacobs is pretty happy uh, about that. Uh, and then they also uh, brought in a uh, – we, we, we've talked about this before, uh, Sam. They needed speed. Well, they were able to address some of that with Philip Darsett, uh, the former first-round pick back in the day. Uh, he comes to the uh, to the Raiders from Houston by way of New England, by the way. Jacoby Myers played with Josh Jake, Josh McDaniels uh, in New England. Uh, Philip Dorsett played with um, uh, Josh McDaniels uh, in New England. And that's something else that I got to kind of uh, clear up here a little bit. I see that a lot on on uh, Twitter that, you know, that, that, that Josh McDaniels doesn't get along with his players. And I'm like, well, first of all, there sure are a lot of players that follow him to Las Vegas, follow him around, uh, including Philip Dorsett, including Jakob Johnson, Brandon Bolden, um, you know, now Jacoby Myers, um, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> from back in their time. So, uh, and, and, and here's the thing, Sam, I talk to players. I've talked to players in any, all sorts of different forms and fashions. He's, they, they like the guy and they believe in the guy, but in spite of what you want to read uh, out there on social media, just needed to get that, uh, that out there. I don't know if it's going to work or not with Josh Jacobs here. It usually comes down to who has the most talent and who could put that most talent to use. But in terms of any kind of a breakdown with him and, and, and his players, I don't see any evidence of that. And the fact that a lot of guys have followed him, him from his previous stops uh, to, to, uh, to Las Vegas, uh, pretty much, like I said, flies in the face of that. All right, so Dorsett adds the speed. You got Jacoby Myers and, and now teaming up with um, uh, with Hunter Renfro. Uh, I don't know, wouldn't say that they're completely set at wide receiver, uh, but they, they feel like they're closing in on that. They obviously need to find a tight end somewhere. We'll see what happens with Foster Moreau uh, or in the draft. We flip over to the offense or offensive line as well. I would expect some movement along the offensive line, but don't expect a big ticket free agent. Forget about, you know, like Orlando Brown and uh, any of those big ticket guys. It's just not happening uh, this year for the Raiders. So um, they'll try to figure something out at right tackle, uh, whether it's in the draft or uh, a mid-level free agent type of a guy. That remains to be seen. Defensively, a little bit of a holding pattern here going on so far uh, for the Raiders. There were a couple of moves. They brought back Brandon Faison, uh, a cornerback who had been in the building a couple of years ago, went last year to Indianapolis. He's back, uh, kind of a rangy cornerback that that adds some depth. I wouldn't expect him uh, necessarily to be the starter, uh, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, they brought in safety Philip, Ep- or excuse me, Marcus Epps. Uh, from the Eagles, uh, played uh, uh, more snaps than anybody on the Eagles defense uh, last year. Kind of more of a of a run stopper than than maybe a uh, a pass defender guy. But uh, the Raiders feel like his best football is ahead of him. Kind of turned the corner last year in his first year, uh, really getting consistent starts. Uh, and then they also brought in um, linebacker uh, Robert uh, Spillane from the uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of like Epps, a guy that got his chance last year to play uh, the most snaps that he's ever played. Came up with 79 tackles uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of a uh, inside linebacker, run thumper kind of a guy. Uh, so so he's been added to the defense, but it's been fairly quiet. Uh, defensively, and um, that kind of tells me that we're, with with the money that the Raiders were working with, um, and and what the what the uh, you know market was out there from a defensive standpoint, and that 
that'll, you know, there'll, there'll be some more additions as prices come down and more players start realizing that the money isn't that they thought was going to be out there for them in free agency is going to be there. So there'll be some other uh, additions. Uh, but I think when you really lo- realistically look at this defense, the help is going to have to come from the draft. But what do you what do you think of what they've done so far? I don't think you're going to fix the defense in one yeah. free agency, right? That wasn't my expectation. I think you had a couple starters, um, and you're banking on a little bit more upside with 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 even bigger roles and more experience, and and then like you're going after some starters in the draft that that you can develop that can both play this year, and then maybe some depth on the back end that you can develop long term. So. Uh, I, I didn't think you were going to be able to retool or fix the, the defense in one off season, Vinny, and that's part of the reason, um, you know, that I that I think it's 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 prudent to not throw maybe crazy big money on the defensive side of the ball for one playmaker and, and just be a little bit more patient. Maybe some smaller contracts uh, that that don't eat up as much cap space, and then leave a lot of that to the to the draft, where you can really get the opportunity to to find identify young players that 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 have certain skill sets. Uh, see how they fit in the defense and then, you know, just decide um, who to, who's upside to bet on um, as well defensively in the draft. So I uh, did not expect any crazy retooling. We we know that it still has a way to a ways to go, but um, it, I do think it's nice that they you, you plug in a couple of probable day one starters on the defensive side of the ball because outside of, um, you know, may, who Max Crosby and, and Divine Diablo and, and maybe a couple others, you didn't you weren't bringing back a lot of your starters. So it was a defense that, that needed some veterans um, that needed a little bit more experience. And, and you got some experience in areas of need while, while still keeping some flexibility available. So uh, I, I don't see a ton of improvement right now in that unit, but again, this is the, it's March and you have until the end of the draft. And then even beyond that, uh, to continue to make some adjustments. All right. And that's where we will end this, the draft. <laughs> um, you know, the, the trade of uh, Darren Waller uh, brought back a third round pick. I know fans uh, would have hoped for more, uh, but from what I'm told, the New York Giants were the only team that really showed any genuine uh, interest. Um, and so getting a third round pick, uh, it's not the sexiest uh, of, of, of draft picks. However, it now gives them 12 total picks uh, and then four picks within the first 100 picks. Uh, so that's that's it gives them now some flexibility to move up if they want or they can, you know, drop down a little bit and, and accumulate uh, more picks. Uh, but I'm with you, Sam, whatever they do, they end up doing. I would expect interior offensive line uh, and maybe tackle. Uh, offensively uh, and tight end uh, potentially. Um, but I would expect almost every other pick this year to be on the defensive side of the ball. Not every other pick, but, you know, the, 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 yeah, em- the lion's share. The emphasis is going to be uh, on, on defense. And, you know, it's funny because there's people on social media talking, oh boy, another rebuild. Well, honestly, when it comes to the defense, it's not a rebuild. They've never had it built, it's never right. been built. What yeah. do you. There's nothing to tear down because there's been nothing of significance that's been happening. It's literally a build. It's building and 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 almost from the ground up. I don't want to say that because you still got Max Crosby. I think Nate Hobbs still has a, a future. Yeah. Divine yeah. Diablo, we'll see. Um, you know, Chavon uh, uh, Merrick, we'll we'll see about him. So it's not a complete build, but they got to do a lot of work on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And to me, the, the bulk of that work is going to happen in the draft. Yeah. And that's, and that's certainly what they're, what they're setting up for. And, and they, you, it's why you acquire a lot of draft picks is why you don't give up multiple draft picks right now in trading for, for an Aaron Rodgers, right? It's why you want to maintain as much of that draft capital as possible. Cause it gives you the most chances to, to not only find starters, but to hit on a star and a defensive star. You have 
one, a, a bona fide, you know, first, second team all pro kind of guy, Max Crosby. Uh, more draft picks you have, the better chance you have on hitting on, on another. So uh, that makes a ton of sense to me. I'm not expecting any earth shattering huge names or anything that anything crazy at this point um, with where the Raiders are at in free agency and and all, all things considered. Um, it, it leaves Raiders fans with a lot to look forward to uh, next month because they, you do have a ton of picks now. And I, I also, Vinny, like, are we sure they're not going to like, is there a possibility they still take a quarterback in the first round? I mean, it feels like they're going to take one regardless, but might they still be willing to trade up and, and, and gathering draft picks to position themselves for a draft day trade? Or, or like, is that off the table? Uh, no, I don't think it's off the table at all. And, uh, and, and the Raiders did make an attempt <laughs> to move up all the way to number one, uh, pick. It didn't, it didn't work out. There were some, uh, some, some, some reasons, uh, for that, but, um, but yeah, I don't think it, I, I definitely don't think it precludes them from drafting a quarterback, but, you know, to get into the d- dynamics of that, um, you know, first of all, they have to they have to feel like who they're trading up for in that scenario is going to is going to be there. Um, you know, obviously, they have somebody in mind because they were willing to trade up to number one. So now the question is, if that if, if the Carolina Panthers end up drafting the guy that the Raiders were targeting now, um, how do they feel about the, the second guy, the third guy and the fourth guy? Right. And, and that's what it's ultimately going to come down to or uh does 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 carolina draft you know pull a pull a surprise and draft somebody uh completely different and then it becomes a question of and I, because I, I believe that um the houston texans are going to draft a quarterback now especially after losing out on, on on jimmy g um who would be there who might be available after the first two picks of the draft and is that player because there because there's four that we're talking about right yeah um, we're, we're talking about CJ Stroud. We're talking about Anthony Richardson. We're talking about Will Levis, and we're talking about Bryce Young. All right, let's just assume that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud go off the board. Are you willing to trade up to number three to take either Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, or are you gonna are you willing to wait to number seven? And if it's Will Levis, um, you know, are you uh, are, are would you be willing to draft him there? And I, you know, this is something that we could, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, yep. days ahead, but. If, if 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 it's number seven and it's Will Levis, are you taking Will Levis? I think you got to definitely consider it, and I also think that you can also draft the top defensive player and maybe wait to the second or third round and get a quarterback, and then focus heavy on defense and ensure that you're going to get a couple day one defensive starters. So there's a couple ways to swing it, and I think it all you it all kind of depends on how those first few picks go and and, and what opportunities available. So. It, there's there's a number of different ways you can play it, and and if, if that's what makes that's what's going to make these next six weeks fascinating. Is we see what the Raiders want to do with the draft and how they want to address the young quarterback. And now that you have Jimmy Garoppolo here, but build out the rest of the roster, um, not just for 2023, but more big picture beyond that 2024 and beyond. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, and that's those are topics that we're going to be talking about starting next week, and we'll wrap up free aid, not wrap up, but update free agency next week. But then also start really diving into the draft because that's right around the corner. Uh, until then, Sam, great job. Thank you so much uh, for all that you do. Larry Muir, thank you for everything that you do to all of, our, all of our listeners, subscribers. You're why we do this. Thank you for clicking on. Thank you for listening. We truly appreciate it. Until next week, enjoy the rest of the first week of free agency. We'll see where we're at come next week. Ah! 
Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. 